Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. But uh, yeah. welcome, welcome into <laughs> Falcoholic Live, guys. Uh, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, I've ruined the suspense, obviously, as wow. uh, Kevin Knight having, of course, Eric Robinson joining us tonight. He is at underscore Eric underscore Robinson. Eric, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. How about yourself? Good, good. Yeah, we're happy to have you here. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's fun. People people can see, you know, we, we don't we don't usually do the show before the show or anything like that on here. There's usually <laughs> some, some gentle pleasantries, you know, right. uh, you know, some some like minor preparation. This is like all the prep we do for the show, by the way. It's like, That's okay, it. connect That's like two minutes before uh, say you. like, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. How are you? Yep. OK, yeah, That's this is what we're talking about. Do. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> we do it live, as as they say on the Bill O'Reilly show. But um, yeah, uh, Eric, welcome back. Uh, great to have you. I know we we almost had you last week, but I as I sort of thought that the Super Bowl would just consume everything at ESPN. It seems like that was the case, but happy to have you this week. Yeah, glad to be on this week. Got the Super Bowl out of the way. Now it's time to turn the chapter to the draft, which is everybody's favorite time of the year. Most people, at least you and I our favorite time of the year to draft. So uh, it should be fun. Yeah, absolutely. It's good. Good content always here. We've always been a big draft show. Free agency, obviously. I guess even closer than the draft. I mean, it's kind of like combine free agency than the draft, but it's it's a busy time of year. Very busy. Well, re- remember, last year was kind of sort of unique to us too because that was the first time in forever that we actually had money to spend for free agency. So remember, previous years – we would kind of gloss over free agency shows. We're like, ah, we may get one or two guys, but nothing to go in depth with. Yeah, so. exactly. Like it, it was, a, it was a very boring free agency. It's like, oh, we'll, we'll sign a couple. Yeah. You know, Kadaryl Hodge will be our our crowning achievement. Right. You know, no offense to Kadaryl Hodge, yeah. but yeah, yeah, right. But so now know, in it, the last few years, we can put something together. Now we can we can strategize a little bit. Yeah, we we got more to talk about. That's for sure. Um, and yeah, guys, we'll talk. A bit uh, with Eric, get his take, of course, on the the new coaching staff, uh, his thoughts on the quarterback position, because that's the biggest need. We did talk about it a lot last week, but uh, definitely wanted to get Eric's take on that. And then sort of talk about the other big needs that the Falcons have. I'm sure you guys can think of a few that we're going to get to tonight for sure. Uh, but yeah, talk a little free agency, talk a little draft to see where the night takes us. Talk a little about these new coordinators we got coming in. I know Eric had yeah. a chance to, to watch the pressers. Uh, so... Uh, before we dive in, real quick, let me bring you guys a quick word from tonight's sponsor, BetOnline.ag. Folks, the Super Bowl is over, but BetOnline continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops, throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting contests and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or mobile devices so what are you waiting for, guys? Head to Bet Online today to become part of the team, and remember to use our promo code Believe. That's B L E A V for your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. And since I don't know anything about basketball, I can't give you guys any bad betting advice at this stage. So, uh, you know that that time has passed. Uh, um, <laughs> you got I, any bad ones or good ones? Any, even any, you know? bad, any any bad betting advice or good betting advice? Well, you know. We think it's good betting advice, right? But <laughs> um, man, if I could think of a good betting advice at this point, man, you know what? Um, 
Whew. I'll take the over omit on a lot of matchups when it comes to a guy like Jalen Brunson, who's looking great. Donovan Mitchell's playing great right now around the league. I think the, the Cavs have won 17 of the last 19. So I would I would definitely look into stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I, those, those two things. Anthony Edwards as well is another guy that I'm looking at as that can really put some money in your pocket was the way the, the way he's been playing as of late. So yeah. yeah, keep an eye on those three guys right there. Okay, there you go. There you got it from the guy from the guy himself because, like I said, I, I'm a basketball neophyte. So appreciate uh, Eric pitch hitting on that one. But guys, make sure to check out Bet Online. The game starts here. All right, so let's dive in. Uh, Eric, first of all, uh, we, we last had you on kind of like in the lead up to the coaching hire now yep. that Raheem has been hired. First of all, I need to know, are you team Heem or team Ra? You know, because there's two warring factions right now with, with uh, regards to that. Is Ra. Call him okay. is Ra. Better name. I, I agree. I like Ra better. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, everyone else calls him that. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, hiring, hiring Raheem Morris, um, man, you know, it's, <sighs> It feels like this is this was a full circle moment, honestly, um, because you know we we saw him plenty. You know he he spent six years in Atlanta prior to um, being DC for the Rams, and and outside of his time with Tampa, you know that was the longest he spent with a particular organization at the NFL level. Um, and this was the guy that during those six years he worked on both sides of the ball. Um, and a lot of people don't give him credit, but that 2016 Super Bowl run, he was the passing game coordinator for that. He wasn't the primary play call. Everybody knows that fell to Kyle Shanahan, but being a passing game coordinator on that particular team with that many, if you look back, that many faces that was on that staff, it was a pretty important role for him. And it ended, it, it ended up resulting in an MVP year for Matt Ryan. Um, bringing in a guy like Raheem Morris, man, I, I, I'm sure you probably heard this before. I don't I can't recall any other time where a head coach got hired and there has been just massive positivity behind his hiring. I didn't I haven't seen one bad thing said from current players, former players, former coaches, former GMs, media folks. They all are in favor of this hire here. And it's it's different because some hires you look at, we're, we're, we're in a stage right now, the NFL, where what, what's the what's the trend now for hiring head coaches? It's all about that hot offensive coordinator. Yep. Mm-hmm. Who's that next Stanahan? Who's that next Cliff Kingsbury? Who's that next Sean McVay? And, you know, they went against the grain a little bit by bringing back a guy that they're familiar with. That's not necessarily that hot offensive play caller. But I don't know if you, I, you can make a case that, his job status and his ability to be a head coach at the NFL level rivals any other hot offensive coordinator right now. Like you look at a guy like Joe Brady, Bobby Sloak from the Texans, Raheem Morris is probably up there in the eyes of a lot of people. Um, and it's also interesting because, because of the whole Bill Belichick thing. Yeah. Now I'll admit the first time I heard that news, I was scared as hell, Kevin. I'm not yeah, gonna lie. I remember we talked about it. We were because I, I, I was not a Belichick guy. Like I was yeah. very against it. I think you yeah. were pretty against it as well. Yes, I, because it, the first, literally, the very first time I heard that news, I thought to myself, "This, there's no long term to this hire." Yeah. 
Yeah. This is strictly a two, maybe three year window hire. And I'm like, do we really want to be circling back in two years saying, man, who's going to be the next head coach of the Atlanta Falcons? I didn't want that. I didn't like that. Yeah. I and 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 bringing in a guy like Belichick probably would have done that for for this organization. It's interesting how everything played out. And uh, when we when we came on air, I told you that that there was a little little tidbit of of news to go on with that coaching search. Um, I tell you right now, McKay was the biggest roadblock in that entire process with Belichick. of course yeah of course Arthur Blank is probably not going to come out and and put that out there McKay himself is probably not going to do it Fontenot is probably not going to do it but I can tell you right now just from a little bit that I heard that was the biggest hurdle because of I don't want to say friction but there's just these are two personalities that are not necessarily on the same wavelength if you get what I'm saying um and I honestly, at one point in time, I don't know if you felt this way, but at one point in time, I, I thought Blank was going to win out. I thought Blank was going to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought they were going to hire Belichick. Like, yeah, if, like if, after the I... second interview, it seemed like it was like it was all full steam ahead. It was rumors that Belichick was reaching out to coordinators yeah. to talk about stuff. Yeah. Like it, it was everything yeah. was lining up, and then it seemed like it stopped. So when when Belichick had that second interview, I can I can tell you this right now: the feeling around the campus, the ESPN campus, was that it was it was in the bag because it it, tr- it didn't feel like a it didn't feel like a second interview. It felt more like a here's the job, it's yours if you want it. Um, and it didn't go that route. Um, I got to commend Blank for not, you know, biting into that apple. I know it might have been tempting, but getting a guy like Raheem Morris is, is a better was a better pivot to me, a better decision. I honestly, I was I was Harbaugh from day one. I wanted Harbaugh. That was my guy. I felt like Harbaugh was was um, he's a winner everywhere he goes. Doesn't matter what stop he makes, the guy wins football games. But I can't sit here and frown at Raheem Morris. I think this is a different Raheem Morris than you're getting in Tampa Bay. That whole situation in Tampa, to put it, you know, cleanly, they shafted him, okay? Yeah. 32 years old, that was coming on the heels of the team moving on from Lynch, Sapp, Simeon Rice, other well-known Tampa Bay Bucks. 32 years old. The GM that year as well, Mark Dominic, was 33. First-time GM. You had a 32 and a 33-year-old leading that charge in that team that was turning the chapter over um, from their previous success. He didn't get any help, and that's why he failed. And a lot of people wants to look at that and, and look at his time in Tampa and kind of sort of judge him off that. And I'm like, that's is a completely different Raheem Morris this time around. I can guarantee that. Yeah, he's learned a lot. And it's it's funny because you look back at that and you're like, oh, well, he's – I know some people were saying this uh and it was funny that like oh well you know he's he's like he's an old coach too it's like no Raheem Morris is like 47 years old like he was no. that he was that young when he got his first opportunity yeah. he was like I think 33 or something like 32. that so 32 yeah, 32. yeah. yeah. Uh, one of the youngest coaches in NFL history uh, yep. so it's been a long time since then he's grown a lot he's been on both sides of the ball uh and you know that that matters I think a lot of guys, it doesn't come together the first time. And we'll, we'll get to see, obviously, no. with Dan Quinn getting another chance here, maybe 
Second time's a charm for him in Washington. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how these guys develop. But, you know, I don't think... I, I think they, they chose Raheem because they feel like he was prepared and he was the best candidate. And I know... Yeah. You know, uh, Noah E asked, you know, why why didn't they hire him after being the interim if they were so impressed with him? And the answer is they couldn't. Like, there was no way they could do that. Like, you know, it, PR would not work. Like, I mean, I Raheem, I think, worked some minor miracles on that 2020 team to get them four wins. Uh, yeah. But, like, it, it, you're not going to be able to hire an interim coach coming off that year. They needed to they needed to turn their page on that whole regime. Um yeah. But this is a different time. Like, he's gone somewhere. He's won Super Bowls as the defense coordinator with Los Angeles. Like, if they wanted to bring him back, now is the time. There's been enough separation from the Quinn regime. And Raheem is not Quinn. You know, like, he was involved in that regime, but he's not Quinn. He wasn't running the show. Right. He is now. Um, and, again, like you said, everyone is—fans is, is fans were sort of mixed on it. And, I, I you know, I, I sort of get it. You know, and partially I probably had something to do with that, you know, hyping everyone up for Bobby Slowick or, or what have you. But it, it's it's a good hire. I, I think that the team that gets like the sexiest hire or the flashiest hire rarely ends up being the best hire from the cycle. It's, it's just sort of how it goes. Like the same with the team that wins free agency every year. It rarely Correct. works out. Correct. Uh, Correct. So, I, yeah, no, go ahead. I want to I want to ask you a question now when it when it came to when it came to guys like Johnson, Ben Johnson, Slowick, and things of that nature, even Brian Callahan to an extent. Um, again, I know the trend now is to hire the hot, sexy, young offensive coordinator. Was there not a concern with you that with guys like Slowick, one year as a play caller? Yeah. Callahan, listed as an OC, but everyone knows what the deal was over there in Cincy, and he ain't calling plays. Right. Same thing with Ben Johnson. Like, what Ben Ben has had what two, two years now? Yeah. Two seasons doesn't play call. Yeah. Was there a concern from you? Like, are we sure we're ready to hand over the keys to the franchise to guys that call plays for one year essentially and say, right. Hey, was there was there any concern with you whatsoever oh, yeah. with that? Yeah, I mean there that's always a concern, right? You never really know. That's just how this goes, right? It's like if you want that guy, you kind of just have to jump on him. Um and yeah. you know, I know with with Slowick, it was the belief in the Shanahan tree, which has been wildly right. successful pretty much everywhere. So that, you know, that was sort of why I leaned there. I, I'm really surprised that neither one of them took jobs. I think the job sort of didn't materialize and they, you know, basically were like, we're not interested in Washington, <laughs> which, which, you know, kind of uh, hilarious how Washington's handling that rejection from Ben Johnson. But um <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you. I can tell you one thing. That really put a cramp in everything that they were doing. Oh yeah, um, that was they were cool. <laughs> behind the scenes. They were holding out for Ben. Yeah, they were. They were, they were. They were waiting for Ben. That that was the number one guy. That's who they wanted. They had the eyes set on that. They took interviews here and there, but if you kind of sort of look from afar, their interviews, their interview, you know, numbers, it was not as high as other teams. It, it felt more like, hey, let's just interview him just to say we interviewed him. But it really felt like Ben was their guy. And not only did Ben say no, but Ben said no when they were on the way to offer him the job. They were in the air to offer him the job. Yeah. Man, that's that and that puts that put a cramp in their style because I felt like at that point they had to go to the drawing board. 
they were already behind the eight ball, in my opinion, when it came to a guy like Mike McDonald. They were behind the eight ball, in my opinion, when it came to Raheem Morris. So literally, if it came down to just Dan Quinn and, and else, very little else outside of that. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like they just sort of, you know, I don't know what went wrong there, but it it was weird. And, and their sort of hostility afterwards also seems weird, but you definitely get the, 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 the thought that not everything is, is all smooth sailing over there in Washington, even though, you know, I, I don't think that it's uh, as bad as it used to be. Certainly. Uh, no, no, it's not, not Snyder bad. It's not no, Snyder no. bad whatsoever, but exactly. exactly. But maybe not as smooth sailing as, as some fans are hoping yet. But again, right. it's a new ownership group. It's going to take time. I mean, look at what's happened in Carolina. That's been more or less a disaster so far. So it takes time for these new owners to settle in. Uh, it does. So That's it. <laughs> That was another coaching search that I that I looked at with just like nobody wanted. I don't I don't think I think very few people wanted that job. Yeah, I think they had no they had no choice but to take Canales. That's what it felt like. Yeah, they couldn't get anybody. There was no there's they didn't reach out to Bill, and it it was good for them because they wouldn't have got their feelings hurt if they did. I don't think Bill would have been interested in that. Um, I felt like. I feel like their situation, it would have been better handled by a Vrabel or veteran, a, a guy that's been a veteran, you know, a head coach before, instead of giving that to Canales, another guy that called plays for one year. And now he has, he's coming into a situation where you ain't got no first round pick. You have very little money. Yep. And your best player is up for free agency. Yeah. It's- Good luck. It's tough. Tough spots, <laughs> tough, tough spots there. Uh, yeah. No one to blame but themselves. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It it's interesting. Certainly, what happened there. But I do like the Raheem Morris hire. I think it's a good one. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And you know, the other side of it uh, is, is, of course, the quarterback posi- position and what the Falcons do there because that that's the next biggest question, right? And we yeah. part of the press conference today had to do with you know Zach Robinson coming in on an offensive coordinator, and it seems like according to his conference, he's he's open basically to any option, you know, I, I know some people thought coming from the McVay tree, tree, it would be a pocket passer only sort of deal. I sort of, you know, Robinson himself was a dual threat quarterback in college. So I, mm-hmm. I was trying to caution people not to be so sure that he was just going to completely copy McVay's offense in every way. I think they're going to be more open to other options, whether that's perhaps Justin Fields, whether that's Jane Daniels right. or, or so on. But, you know, there's a lot of options on the table and, and it, it, you know, at, given the way the draft ended up falling, getting into the top three for a quarterback seems pretty tough to, to manage. So I'm curious what, what your thoughts are on, on dealing with the, the most important remaining question, which is, of course, the quarterback position this offseason. I can ensure that Desmond Ritter is not going to be a starting quarterback. <laughs> they can't do that. Yeah. I mean, even if he like blew up training camp and was awesome, they can't do it because it just PR reasons they can't. But. I can I can assure you of that. Yeah. There's there's yeah. going to be a new face under center next year. Um, you know it it it's interesting because that that offense you look in you I, I definitely and I'm, I'm I know you did I definitely did some study on that Rams offensive philosophy and things of that nature and and it, you know it's it's easy to look at that philosophy that scheme and say yeah you need someone that's Stafford like, um. But that's that's not necessarily required from that particular that quarterback position. Um, 
a, a lot of thing a lot of it is predicated off the receivers and um the blocking scheme compared to having a particular type of quarterback I'm not saying you can put anybody back there right but what I'm saying is that you don't need that that offense is going to need it's going to need someone with an arm that's for sure yeah but he doesn't have to have the Mahomes type passing style to make it work yes. um and I I think What's interesting about this particular scheme is, and, and I'm interested in seeing how it plays out as well. I, I can correct me if I'm wrong. I can't recall watching this scheme being ran with a dual threat type. No, I don't think so. Yeah, and I'm and I'm curious to know, like, what would that look like? Would that add a different wrinkle than what you've already seen? Just th- just think about what Stafford has done with that scheme, and think about if Stafford had the ability to run, to tuck it and run. Like imagine how how difficult that offense would be to cover, even with that aspect. So I I, I guys um, like Justin Fields come to surface. Jaden Daniels is another guy that comes that comes to mind as well. Um, go back and and the one thing this is you know since I've been at, at the four letter listening to pressers and things of that nature, man, you have no choice but to truly like listen and break things down. Go back to what Raheem Moore said in his first pressure. What is the very first thing he talked about when it came to the quarterback position? A quick processor, an elite processor. That's the very, he didn't say anything about arm. He didn't say anything about accuracy. He didn't say anything about athleticism. The very first thing he mentioned when it talked about that quarterback is having elite processing skills. So um, that opens the door, in my opinion, to guys like Drake May, like Jaden Daniels. Me personally, I would love to see what would happen if they rolled a dice and go after Justin Fields. But I will say when Morris made that statement, I looked at Justin Fields and said, Hmm. Hmm. Cause he's not, as far as the processing skills, we saw that this past year, he's not there yet. Yeah. He's not there yet. It is a similar, it's more similar hit. The offense in Los Angeles is much more similar to what, he ran at Ohio State. So it's mm-hmm. possible that he would be more comfortable mm-hmm. coming into this offense than he's been in Chicago, which I think we can all agree that offense is kind of a disaster from a schematic standpoint. So right. maybe, you know, the going back to a more familiar surroundings in terms of uh, scheme would be beneficial to his processing. But I agree. it's He's not the type of guy you look at and say, like, oh, this is an elite processor. At the same time, he's like, I think Justin Fields is just now turning 24 or something like that. So it's yeah. like, he's got mm-hmm. plenty of runway still. I mean, he's he's younger than Michael Absolutely. Penix and, you know, Absolutely. like Bo Nix at this point still. But, um, and and I, I agree. Like, I do like that option because, again, it's a good option that will not cost the draft capital that it would take to get into the top three. Correct. Correct. And won't necessarily immediately cost the salary it would take to get a Kirk Cousins, a Russell Wilson, you know, a Geno Smith via trade or whatever. So it's kind of in the middle of those. It's cheaper all around. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, it's, it's, he's not as proven as a Kirk Cousins, but doesn't require the financial investment. And he's not as cheap as a top three rookie, but, who knows if we're even going to be able to get up there for that. And I know, you know, George Costanza was saying uh, he would consider trading, you know, three first plus, you know, multiple thirds to get up to number one. I just don't think Chicago's, I mean, that's a, that's a strong offer, George. I just don't think Chicago's going to take it. I think they're taking Caleb Williams without question, but 
Um, I agree with what George is saying that it, it doesn't matter what we do if we don't get a quarterback because they have to. Um, and I agree. Right. Yeah, he's right. Yeah, yeah. But I, but I do think getting a guy like Fields would definitely be a lot more affordable. It may cost a pick. It may cost two. You can, I think, you can get away by sending a 2024 second and a 2025 third, and calling it a day. And 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 again, that's much cheaper. That way, you're still able to stay at eight, and you're still able to get a difference maker at quarterback. So yeah, no, I, I think I think it's going to cost a second and some other pick. You know, and Probably depending so. on the other bidders, that's what'll determine that. But so. at this point, yeah, it's going to be something like that. I, I agree. Um, I, I, there's been some interesting stuff that happened over the last week in terms of like the quarterbacks, the rookie quarterbacks. I'm curious what your thoughts are on like people claiming that maybe Drake may is falling behind Jaden Daniels, which I love Jaden Daniels, but that personally is kind of rich for me. I know Lance's airline had Jaden Daniels going two, and Drake, uh, Drake may actually falling to five where the Falcons traded up to get him. And first of all, let me say, Yes, absolutely. I would do that. I would trade up to four. I wouldn't even wait until five. I would be like, no, Arizona, take my money. I'm right. getting Drake May. But it does seem like there's, you know, Lance Zerline, very connected draft analyst. It does seem like there's something to the fact that maybe Drake May is kind of cooling, which I personally don't get because to me, he seems like the type of guy the NFL typically loves. But he isn't as flashy as Caleb Williams or Jaden Daniels. So maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. But, um, you know, if if one of these quarterbacks were to fall to four, would you basically do whatever it took to get up there and then get them? Well, let me let me start off by saying this. These are the three. Uh, never mind. I don't want to. I'm about to put myself out there. <laughs> what the if hot they, take was if, coming? It was I, coming. I was, yeah. was going to say these are the three <laughs> best players in the draft, and then Marvin Harrison just popped in my yeah. mind. I find Marvin Harrison is looking at me like, really, you're going to say that? So. If, if these guys were to go one, two, and three in a draft, I I would completely understand. Completely understand. These are to me, these are three franchise cornerstones that you would build everything around. It's just a, it's just a matter of what style you like. Um, I know a lot are falling in love with Jaden Daniels, and if Jaden Daniels just so happened to be the the Falcons' court, their pick of choice, I will not have no issue with it whatsoever. But there's, man, it's it's something about Drake, and being an ACC guy, and watching him the last couple of years, yeah. The the kids got moxie, man. He is a gamer. There's not a moment. There's not a game too big for him. He's not afraid of the moment. And for such a young kid, he's only 21. He only started, he's only started for two years, but there's a, there's this, there's something about him when it comes to just having that, that big factor. And it's honestly is, is, I don't know. I wouldn't sit here and say it's better than what Jaden brings to the table, or even better than what Caleb brings to the table. Different. But I'm looking at the, I'm looking at this kid and I've had some frowns when I said this, if I had to throw out a comp, for Drake May, my comp is Joe Burrow. Yeah, I've and I heard that. I like it. I think it's, you know, obviously tall shoot, like, you know, big shoes to fill there with that one. But yeah. I, I, I can kind of see it. Like, you. Yeah. There, there's, some, there's some Joe Burrow to his skill set where it's just, he's, it, it's something about Burrow. Burrow doesn't have the biggest arm. You know, he's not the most accurate. He's not the most athletic. But when it's time to get a play, when it's time to make a drive, when it's time to win the game, 
every moment is the same to him. It doesn't matter if it's week three or if it's the AFC championship game with a chance to go to Super Bowl. It doesn't matter. And if I see the same thing about Drake. Um, if either one of these guys fall to four, oh, my God. Um, yes, I'm on the phone with Arizona right now. And I'm like, what the hell do you need? Yeah. What do you exactly. need? What is it going to take? I, yeah. I, I, yeah. What is it going to take? Because yeah. th- that's the first call I would make if if, they, if I have to trade up Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, I just can't imagine. I feel like New England is either going to take a quarterback or take Marvin Harrison. I don't really see them trading down from that spot. I mean, I, I guess no. they could. It, maybe no, if they're I, searching for a huge haul, but I I feel they may go to veteran route um, yeah. because of you know this has been a first year under Gerard Mayo, um, kind of sort of to me I feel like having that I I would not be surprised if Russell Wilson comes into play there, a a, a guy you know with with his pedigree that you can kind of sort of lean on to get things started and uh, if you look at that locker that's a veteran led locker room if you look you know on both sides of the ball. Um, some of the better players are guys who've been in the league for a minute. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they go that route. Um, Washington is for sure is going to get a quarterback. I mean, yeah. that's, that's, yeah. I think that's, um, the most, that's the, the easiest one to predict of any in the draft. It's right, going to be right. whoever doesn't go one. But yeah, I guess there is maybe one. some intrigue to see. Maybe that's Jaden Daniels. Maybe it's, you know, Drake may, I, I don't know. I mean, I thought I was high on Jaden Daniels until I saw Zerline put Daniels at two over Drake. No, but um, no. I don't think I the could do mo- that as much as I love Daniels. Honestly, the moment the moment he hoisted that Heisman, he was he solidified himself as a top five pick. Oh, he's like, definitely he, going to. Yeah, I did a, I did a mock draft in like November during the bye week, and I had the Falcons taking Jane Daniels at eight, and I was like, I'm not even sure he's going to be here. And all the comments were, Oh, he's going in the second. This is too early. I'm like, No, no. Listen to me. Look at Jane Daniels, and if I'm sorry, no. if you couldn't tell that that man was going to be a top ten pick in november no. like you, you're no. you're on you don't know this game like no. you know and no offense to anyone but i've been covering the he draft too long too, to, he's <laughs> too damn good he's too you know, damn good he's one he won the eyes before a reason man yeah yeah um so it was it was coming but i i can't the, see i can't see him falling eight no i really the, the one i know everyone's talking about nicks and panics but from what i have heard and what i heard at the senior bowl as well quarterback four is going to be jj mccarthy and it, it seems like the NFL is ridiculously high on him. And yeah. I was like very anti JJ McCarthy, but I'm, I'm trying to be like, okay, maybe, Kevin I should, maybe I should give it a second look. Maybe I should Kevin, look at him. You know, should I, Kevin, like, should I give him another look? What do you think? Kevin? No, please. No? Okay. Look, I, I don't I, know. I just, I'm trying to, I just, I'm just asking questions. You know, <laughs> I want to be, I want to be reasonable, but I, I can't help but but keep my fan hat on when I say this. For me, it's either those top three or fields. For me, that's it. Yeah. Those are the only ones I'm looking at. Like, not yeah. a, 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 JJ is JJ solid. It's the tools with JJ. Like, that's he has the tools, yeah. but and he's going to be a first-round pick. Now, to be quite honest with you, does his skill, to me, does his skill set say first-round pick? No, but the fact that he plays quarterback, he played quarterback at Michigan, and he just won a national championship this year, that's enough for him to have his draft status elevated, in my opinion. He's got There's a just- cannon, and he looks like a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> I just – I'll put it to you. If, if the if the Arthur Smith scheme was still here, 
I would say, okay, I can I can see why you would go that route. Yeah. I would prefer more of a trade down. Oh yeah, but I can see what in this scheme I can't. I mean, I agree. Man. For the record, I agree. I think that's way too early. But I allegedly, can't. he's going to be QB four, uh, and team and some teams are obsessed with him. And and it, it's exa- I mean, it's like what am I, I miss- what am I missing when I'm watching him? I I guess teams are viewing him like a Josh Allen or something. And like I was low on Josh Allen, but like Josh Allen, like physically was way more impressive. Like, and I still was low on Josh Allen. I don't, I don't see that on. I don't see it either. I mean, I mean, people say he's an elite processor, but he just didn't get a chance to show it at Michigan because they, the offense was so limited. But I mean, I don't, I don't know how I'm, how I'm supposed to know he's an elite processor if I can't see it on tape. You know, maybe. yeah, but maybe the teams, if they get to talk to him or whatever, they could. He's like a genius or something. I don't know, but it's it's a weird one. But I was curious if if you'd heard anything about that buzz because that no, no, the buzz is true. The buzz is legitimate. He's probably going to be a first round quarterback. He's probably going to yeah, be the fourth like quarterback it. off the board. Um, I would not be surprised. I've seen him go as high as what uh, eleven. Yeah, I can so, that. was it was it the Raiders? I guess the Vikings um, at eleven. Uh, no, no, no. The Vikings are on 11. It's 12 for the, for the Raiders. Um, I've seen him go, I've seen him go to the Broncos right there at what? I think the Broncos are at 13. Um, Sean Payne's definitely taking a quarterback. They're kicking Russell. They're 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 taking a quarterback. (laughs) They're taking a quarterback. Yes. And, and, and McCarthy probably will be a first rounder. I just, I just don't see. I mean, I I don't see that arm talent. Yeah. I see, I see, I see, honestly, I see a, I see a diet, diet Kirk Cousins, and I'm like, even even with that, it's like, I, would you take Kirk in the first round? I mean, if people knew how good he was, like at the time, I think yes, they would have taken him in the first round. But it also took him a, a decent amount of time to get to where he is. So. It, thank you. Like yeah. Kirk, this was not Kirk when he first came out. No, like no. it's 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 Very ironic soft. that we're, yeah. we're seeing the best of Kirk in his 30s compared to his later 20s. It's just, I don't, I don't know. It's, it doesn't, no. he doesn't move the needle for me. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, totally understand. Do, do you like Knicks or, or Penix at all? Or are you just sort of like, if it's not top three or or fields, then you're sort of punting? Or I, I think Knicks, I think Knicks gets a lot of flack and he shouldn't because I think a lot of people are still thinking about him at Auburn. And I think this is a completely different quarterback now. He's matured. Compared to then, now will I waste? Would I put a first round pick on him? Absolutely not. I wouldn't. Yeah. Um, but I don't think he's Auburn Bo Nix. No. Michael Penix. A lot of people are 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 leaning on his health, his injury history. But the one thing that I'm that I keep looking at as well, since his last torn ACL, he's played his best football. Yeah. His last two seasons are his best. He hasn't had that major injury since that. So I can understand if there's a situation where he's been injured while at Washington, but he hasn't. So he had that major knee injury, and then he's played the best football his career two years after that. So I don't know if I would want to use his medical red flags as something to say, I, I don't want this kid. But I, I I do feel the league is a little lower on him than a lot of people think. Yeah, yeah. We know how cautious the team is, or like the, the league in general is with the medical stuff. And, you know, the questions about how he handles pressure. I mean, you know, they're, they're legitimate. So, um, you know, so that is another interesting one, but yeah, I mean, I think you and I are on the same page that my, my first plan would be to see if we can win the Justin Field sweepstakes. And if we can, great. And if not, 
you're going to have to try your luck in the draft and, and yep. probably probably bring in some sort of stopgap veteran just in case. Yep. But, yep. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't love it. <laughs> but you know, I don't love it either. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't love it. It, it would be it would be it definitely would be ideal to go into the draft with that already taken care of. Like we got our guy. We're good. Yeah. It would be because you're you're rolling a dice on draft night. As much as people want to say trade up, it's not as easy as you think. Um, and they can find themselves in a situation where they can't trade up. And then now you're at eight fields is elsewhere. The top three quarterbacks are gone. And they ain't like, well, damn, where are we now? What do we do now? So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, George, I know you're not a big fan of, of Fields. Uh, and there are certainly questions with Fields. I mean, without, I mean, it, nothing that you're saying is incorrect, but. But what, gonna... what is the, how much, how much credit does he get for not, ha- he, he didn't have a DJ Moore his entire time there, guys. Like he didn't get a DJ Moore until year three. It, it's complicated to evaluate, right? Because the, the offense is. wasn't good. He finally got a receiver this year. Um, and, I mean, I know some people are scared about the injuries. Stop. Yeah. Um, you know, some people are scared about all the sacks he's taken, you know, his ability to read the field. But we know, like, it, look look at what happened to the Falcons offense this year. Like, the, the scheme was terrible, and it brought the whole thing down. So if we're right. saying, oh, this offense could be good with a better scheme, you know, that we could say the same thing about Fields. It's complicated. But the reason he's going to cost a second, George, is because that's the price. Like, someone right. is going to pay that. Like if there you, are multiple teams interested. So if you look at his situation in Chicago, I mean, yeah, in Chicago, I mean, you're you're talking about, you know, the injuries and all that type of stuff. I'm like, well, we already knew in our mind that for two years he's dealing with one of the worst off, offensive lines in the league, right? Like we already knew that. Yeah. So how so that should play a part. I mean, in year two, they were telling him to utilize Darnell Mooney as his wide receiver one. And I don't know how many quarterbacks were going to be you know, prosperous in that situation. A lot of guys were going to fail. And like, like you, you mentioned, he didn't get a legitimate wide receiver one until year three. And then, wow. See what happens when he gets a wide receiver one. It's a different pass. He had more touchdowns than Ritter. Right. <laughs> and, and fewer interceptions. Right. So, so it's like, um, well, we'll yeah. upgrade his talent and see what happens. So it's, yeah. I don't, it's I can't bad. Like, no, I mean, I, like you and I are both, I mean, I, and again, I had fully admit I was high on fields coming out. I, you know, yes, I, I'm high on him now. Like my opinion on fields hasn't changed that much. I blame the bears, but if you were not yes. high on fields and you think that he was always a questionable quarterback prospect, then you probably still feel that he is. And I don't blame you. Like, you know, the, the honest answer is that we don't really know how much of it was Chicago's fault versus fields fault. I guarantee it wasn't a hundred percent fields fault. And it wasn't a hundred percent Chicago's fault, but you know, like so. Joe in the chat is look what, what fields did at Ohio state matches what the Rams offense is. And and if that's the offense the Falcons are going to run, I think it will unquestionably be a better fit in Atlanta than it was for him in Chicago. So we will at least have that. How much does that translate? That's that's a great question. Is he going to end up be worth, being worth these picks and the money that we're probably going to have to pay on the fifth-year option? Because I don't really see any situation where you trade for him and you don't pick up the fifth-year option. I think it's kind of, if you're going to trade the second for him, you're going to pick up the fifth-year option. It's just, I don't know why you wouldn't. It doesn't make any sense. So, you know, it. I am interested to see what happens there. Someone's going to trade a second and probably another pick for him. Maybe it's the Falcons. Mm-hmm. There's been rumors the Steelers are interested too. Um, and the honest answer is there's no perfect situation. Unless you were picking in the top three, there's no great situation. You're going to have to compromise somewhere. Either you're going to have to pay a bunch of money or you're going to have to get 
a stopgap veteran that's going to be a much lower ceiling than Fields. Like the the thing with Fields that I that I hone in on is that there is a chance that he is your long term answer. Whereas if you go for like uh, you know Gardner Minshew for a couple years or okay. you know whatever it is that you might have to do if you miss out on him and you and you can't get up in the draft, uh, that that's not that's not going to be an option. There's no chance that that works out. It's a stopgap for a few years. And as we saw with the Colts, like. You could make the playoffs with Gardner Minshew or close to it, but can you? Is, is you re- are you really going to get anywhere with that? No, not mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I you know to me, I I think it it's a gamble. Obviously, no, everything in in football is a gamble. Free agency, the draft, anyone that tells you that they're sure about a prospect is is lying. Like even sure things aren't sure things because they could get hurt. You know, right. I mean, it, it happens. It doesn't mean that they were a bust. It just means they got hurt. I mean, it ha- so right. it's always a gamble. You're just looking for the best bet you can make. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, prize picks, bet online. You know, you guys, like, this is this is sounding like a great ad read here, like talking about making bets. But, you know, well, you guys hit me up if, for, for, the, for some fresh copy on that one. But um, <laughs> I, I think that it's, it's the best of the gambles. And I think that's why I like it. I think that's why you like it too. So, but... If you don't like it, I don't blame you because again, it, it's far from a sure thing. That that's for sure. That's for sure. Um, and Keith Simmons saying the Bears will not trade within conference. I I don't think they're going to be that picky. Like no, if he said what he was saying, the Bears won't trade him within the conference, and I don't think that's correct. Like I don't think they'll trade him in the division. But like, if the Bears were that afraid of Justin Fields, they would not trade him at all. They would just make him their starter. Like that they they were not willing to trade him in the NFC. Like. Right. I don't think they're going to be that picky. I don't think they can be. Honestly. I think what are the what are the suitors outside of Steelers is the other the only other one I've seen. Yeah, um, I mean, I really don't see any. Man, I really don't see any other teams honestly picking up the phone and making that call outside of those two teams. Um, yeah, because I feel like Sean Payton and the Broncos want a want a rookie. Um, no, yeah, they want to get their own guy. Um. And I, I think the, the Vikings are just going to re-sign Cousins. Um, I oh man, Raiders, That's yeah, maybe the Raiders. I I would not be surprised if the Vikings and I'm and it's funny because I, I said this a couple months ago and and it's starting to come to fruition now. Would not be surprised if the Vikings are a team that will that somehow some way find a way into the top five yep. to go get a quarterback. Because you're you're dealing with a situation, Kirk Cousins is there coming off a year that he did, but he's 36, okay? And he's 36 coming off an Achilles injury. No one knows how – everyone wants to sit here and look at what happened with Aaron Rodgers. Well, we still don't know what Aaron Rodgers is going to look like post-injury. Just because he's out there throwing the football yeah. and he ain't moving, he, he ain't doing – He ready to play. Yeah, that he's, was all yeah, He's not avoiding edge rushers. So I, we still don't know. Even going into week one next year, we're still not going to know what Aaron Rodgers is truly going to look like coming off this injury. Same thing can be for Kirk. I don't know what Kirk is. And you got to keep in mind also, Kirk's injury happened later in the season than than um, than Rodgers. So yeah. Kirk is probably not going to be available the first month of the year. He may, he may not get his first start until sometime in October. And again, he's 36 coming off that. I don't know how that's going to look. I, I don't know if I really want to roll that dice. Yeah, um, I wouldn't. I, I mean, that, that's why I'm not interested. And that, that's why yeah. I think he ultimately just goes back to Minnesota because I think 
Minnesota is going to find it really difficult to get into the top five, just like anyone would. You know, they may. The reason that the Falcons have a chance is because a team like the Cardinals may consider going down to eight because they could still get one of the top tackles yeah. or edge rushers or whatever, you know, right. wide receivers, whatever it is. But if they go down to 11, it's very different what you're looking at. You're probably looking at, you know, Alt and Fashanu and all the all three of the top receivers all being off the board. So if you well, go down to eight, Neighbors or Odunze, one of Joe Alt or, or Fashanu are probably still there. So, like, that's why the Falcons have an advantage. I think with the Vikings, they're going to have a harder time convincing one of those teams. But I just, I, still, just, but I just feel with the Vikings in their situation because Justin Jefferson is going to have to get his money at some point. Yeah. Soon. So if you're able, given the fact that you have a DC and Brian Flores that came in and, and worked with the talent that he worked with and turned that into a very respectable defense. So there's not much concern you may have on that side of the ball. Given the fact that now you have, you will have an opportunity to trade up in the draft and go come go much cheaper than what Kirk cousins is going to warrant. And then build your core around hypothetically, Jaden Daniels, Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. Man, does that, does that sound intriguing? It does. So, so I, yeah, it, it's, they're one to watch for sure. I mean, it's yeah, definitely been, they're, they're been rumored. Yeah, yeah, no question. Um, so that, that's definitely one of the interesting ones. Uh, real quick. We got Michael Scott with the $10. Thanks, Michael. He says, appreciate the love for my hometown and alma mater Marshall university getting, getting into the recent mock draft. That's right. Yeah. I took uh, Driscoll, the tackle from, from Marshall in the sixth round. Uh, mm. he, he reminds me of Spencer Brown. Honestly, I think he's someone, mm. I think he'll probably go earlier than the sixth round when, when after the combine, but uh, yeah. yeah, he, he's definitely intriguing. And, and of course, happy to shout out the herd. Uh, and we got uh, Brandon with the $2 says thoughts on grabbing a veteran quarterback for a couple of years, then trading down in this draft for more picks. I mean, they, they could definitely trade down. I, I think that that's an option. Um, but you know, it, it's it's dicey because this 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 fan base is starving for a playoff run. Um, mm-hmm. So I think they're probably more likely to be aggressive than they are to build. So I, I think I, trading down is never a bad idea. Like I always like trading down, but I think they're less likely to do it this year. But the vet quarterback, they may have to ultimately. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure you feel the same way. I'm I'm impatient. Okay, mm-hmm. I need an answer at quarterback now. It's been too long been way too long we've been and not only too long but we've gone through all these hoops with you know with the whole Deshaun Watson situation and then Matt Ryan leaving after that and then having to lean on Marcus Mariota for a year and then having to go through this whole Ritter experience I'm ready for an answer now I don't I I really not intrigued by trading down and getting a guy that we hope can be ready in a year or two I'm ready now yeah I'm a little impatient Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I agree with that um, and then we got Jason Gaines the two dollars sick. Nice to see Shanahan blow another Super Bowl lead and lose. He's now zero and three in Super Bowls, zero and two as the head coach. Oh man! <laughs> I, you know what? I might be the only person in the Falcons fan base that still holds Kyle Shanahan dear to his heart. I still love Kyle. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm over it. You know, I'm over yeah. it. But yeah. Yeah, he, he he still he, he gets a lot of he still gets a lot of tomatoes thrown at him from Falcons fans for sure, man. So yeah, tough to yeah. see that. No, and George says the good thing about trading for Fields is that you could get uh, someone like Joe Alt at eight 
and I wouldn't be against that. Uh, but he's not a Fields believer. I understand. Uh, yeah, I mean, what what I, if they what if they get what if they get neighbors? I mean, I like neighbors. I just don't think they can. Like, I think that the way they've like the, the neighbors is worth eight. Like, I have no yes. que- like neighbors of Dunesay. They're both worth eight, no question. And yes. I don't think they would be bad picks. I just think they can't because of the last three drafts. And I, that's never a good reason to do to make yeah. a pick. But like, yeah. I feel like they can't. The same way that they can't start Ritter. Like, even if Ritter just like blew right. everyone away right. or something, they still can't. Right. Do it. So I was um, I was going to piggyback off your your yeah. your PR take from earlier. Like, I just, yeah, yeah. Like, I just it's not going to be a good yeah. look. So I, yeah. it's going to be an edge rusher is what it's going to be. They're probably going to have their pick of all of all of them. Um, and I'm I'm still Team Jared Verse all day. I'm not. I haven't changed my mind from last year. I'm still Team I Jared prefer, Verse. I prefer Verse over Turner for sure. Me too. Yes. I, and Turner has all the tools in the world, but I've I've played this game before. I, I'm yeah. never never again am I taking the flashy guy over the one that I know is going to get me ten sacks. Like that's I know for sure. Yep. I just I'm I'm looking at him the same way I looked at Brian Burns coming out that year. We're like, yo, this guy he has it. He's ready. And and there's uh, yeah. with Turner. I with Turner. I'm not. Everybody everybody loves to say, hey, that's that's another Vic Beasley, and I'm like. Turner in the run, in run defense. Turner in run defense scares me. Yeah, he's he's much more of a project right now. Like his athleticism is scary good. I mean, no no question. Like yeah. Turner looks amazing. He's got all the traits. But like, Verse is a very good athlete, and he's got better yes. size, and he's got three yes. years of production. So like, yes. I I can't. You can't convince me to just chase the the ceiling over Verse. Like, take the right. sure thing, or take whatever the closest thing that. And and like Latu as well. Like. When you get guys that are that good at, at their technique, they're going to be good NFL players. Like, I have no question. Mm-hmm. Now, with Law, too, there's a little bit of the medical stuff, and his athleticism is slightly more questionable, which is why I think he's going to be, like, the second or third edge and not the first one. But mm-hmm. Verse can play in any scheme. He can play 2.3 point. He, mm-hmm. There's nothing he can't do. He's a good run defender, very good pass mm-hmm. rusher, advanced mm-hmm. technician, not as good as Law, too. Law, too, is kind of a, a, a prodigy of pass rush, I would say, for being a college player. But, like... Verse is almost as good. Like he's he's close. Um, you have a, you have a comp for verse, man. You need a little time with that. I don't I don't know that I have one yet for him. I he kind of like he kind of feels like he's between. Like I feel like he's a little bit thicker than Brian Burns, a little bit more yep. heavy handed, not as yes. bendy. Yes, obviously with the FSU connection, I know a lot of people bring up Burns, but. I feel like he's he's like closer to he I think he's like a little like a more advanced Montez Sweat that's a little bit more athletic. Um Sweat is and, what, like six five to sixty-ish? Yeah, I think that's about what verse is. And I think verse is a little bit more athletic and more advanced than Sweat was coming out. But um What about what about Hassan Ray? Yeah, as a comp. I mean I, I think I think Reddick's more athletic, but I think Verse is a lot more polished, polished. than Reddick was coming out. Reddick was very much a project coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, he was an off-ball linebacker for a while. He was so an off-ball like, guy, yeah. Yeah. For, yeah. So, yeah, Verse is, to me, I feel like he's he's not a tweener, but he's kind of like in between a lot of the prototype guys, where I feel like he he checks a lot of the boxes. Like I feel like he could play 4-3 defensive end or 3-4 outside linebacker without question. Like, he okay. he's very, he could stand up or three-point or whatever he wants. You may not use it as a comp, but would you say his ceiling could be Hassan Reddick? Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, I think I think he could be a better run defender than Redick. I mean, I think he could be a better overall player. And Redick has definitely evolved a lot in terms of his mm-hmm. run defense and stuff like that. He's not just a designated pass rusher anymore. But why don't we just get them both? You know, trade for Hassan Redick and get Jared Verge. Well, Philly doesn't want to let him go. <laughs> and I, if, if I'm feel, at this point, if I'm Philly, bring in Fangio, that's the one guy I'm yeah. keeping. No, they're, I don't think they're actually getting rid of him. But yeah. Um, but yes, you know, this this is the broader conversation of like the Falcons priorities and edge rusher behind quarterback is is definitely one of the top three. I think the other one would be receiver. But um, how long have we been talking about this, Kevin? God, it's like every year. Just repeat, repeat it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Finally, the edge rusher like this yeah. is just wash, man, rinse, repeat. Like, man. God damn. We do this how, every year. How hard would you go for Daniil Hunter? Because to me, that's the guy I would just empty the, the bank for if, if he gets free of, of, of Minnesota. Because I know he's like thirty, you know, and and but he he was amazing last year still. Like and and they just so desperately need that entrenched number one. Just like if they got Hunter and then drafted Jared Verse at eight, like, I mean, I'll I'll say this: when it comes to that particular position, given what I what we expect them to have in free agency, because we we pretty much project them to have within the ballpark of what 55 60 million after they make the necessary cuts right now they're in the 30s yeah yeah right now they're in the 30s but if they make the necessary cuts they can be in the 50s in terms of money i'll be honest right now man my here's my plan i'm going to get justin and i'm giving brian burns whatever the hell he wants (laughs) If he's if he is he's my top choice. Like he'll be the number one edge free agent if he leaves if Carolina. Not, no if question. Not him, Josh Allen. Yeah. I'm giving but, one of those two guys whatever the hell they want. Yes. If they, if they my, escape, absolutely. Yeah. Those one of those two are my big fish in free agency this offseason. And yeah. and Daniel Hunter, hell of a year, all pro year, looked amazing in Minnesota. But you mentioned the the age is there so so you you kind of sort of have to question what type of deal would you even give hunter because you're going to have to give him a new deal right i mean you're gonna have to give him a big one i mean no question but yeah uh, but is it going to be a long-term thing is it going to be a three-year is it going to be kind of sort of similar to what buffalo gave von miller where you got that five-year deal where most of it's guaranteed and now buffalo is looking at that deal and saying oh damn what do we do (laughs) yeah no i mean it's a great question yeah it yeah i i I think they need to get something on the edge um certainly and yeah and i i I think you know a guy like hunter definitely can play a variety of spots you know i I think he can stand up he's definitely more of a hand in the dirt rusher but i think he's fine standing up too and you know three four a lot of times one of your guys is going to put his hand in the dirt anyway but to answer answer your question i will go after daniel but that's after i've already pursued burns and yeah I just and don't think I, those guys are leaving. That's the only reason I skip past that. Really? Yeah, I think I think, Bur- I think Josh Allen has zero percent chance of leaving Jacksonville, but Burns maybe. Burns maybe, but think, Josh I Allen, think, I think Burns is gone. I don't think I he think, wants to stay in Carolina, but I don't think he wants to stay there either. I think he's yeah. gone. And when it comes to Allen, man, um, they're going to have some questions as well because you still you got you still got to give Calvin an ex- an extension. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's your plan to keep him, and I think ultimately they're going to want to keep him. We need them to keep him. Yeah. <laughs> we need him. Yeah, we need them. Yeah. Um, I'm pulling for that. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think either one is a guarantee to stay. I think there's yeah. a there's a reasonable chance those guys may be on new teams next year. One of yeah. one of them, if not both. 
Yeah. I do wonder yeah. if they could go for like uh like a sort of stopgappy guy, like more of a, you know, Ngakwe or a Carl Lawson coming off an injury, maybe maybe look into Chase Young. I mean, I what about uh what about re-signing Clayus Campbell if he wants to come back? I mean, I, I'm down. Oh, if he wants to come back? Oh, man. You, I'm down. Bring him behind me. Absolutely. Yeah. Here's, a, here's a name I want fans to keep on their radar, especially with the news coming out that they're going to be a base 3-4. Jonathan Gennard out of Houston. Yep. That's, uh, a good that's, one. One, that's one name to keep in mind for a guy that can be, that can fit um, what they're wanting to do in Atlanta at edge. He's not a big name, but he, he has been productive for Houston the last couple of years. Um, and that is, that is a, a three, four uh, defense. That's how they operate. He's there. He was their best pass rusher the last couple of years. So yeah. keep an eye out on a name like that. He may probably garner maybe what in the 14, 15s per. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, keep an eye on it. Cause, cause Allen and Burns are getting 20 plus. Yeah. Like you, oh, yeah. You can, I think Burns is pushing thirty. <laughs> Burns might be really? pushing thirty. Yeah. I think his his it's market gonna get crazy. Value, it's gonna get his crazy. market value is like twenty three or something, right? Yeah, I don't I know. It, it could get wild, but yeah, I mean that would be a lot, but it could get wild. But yeah, I like Grenard. I think that's a, a good one. Uh, what about yeah. and it, they need a nose tackle if they're gonna do this three four thing, and I think they've needed a nose tackle for a while. And and my son DJ Reader, you'll remember this from our draft shows. I was a big DJ Reader fan. DJ Reader is a free agent. The Bengals don't DJ typically Reader. pay guys, you know. DJ so. Reader is a, he is a free agent. He's 29. Yep. And he's never – now, here's, here's the thing. You're going to sign him. He can play the nose. However, he never had to truly play the nose in Cincinnati. So it's like you're sending a guy that's 29 to strictly be your nose tackle. Now, it, it, it depends on what they want to give him or how they look at him. Um, but he is one that comes to mind, especially with the news coming out today about what they want to do defensively. Another guy, Greg Gaines, um, unrestricted free agent from Tampa. This is a guy that played two years under Raheem in 21 and 22 and had his two best seasons of his career under Raheem uh, in L.A. I, I think in those two years, I think he had like eight sacks or something like that, some in that neighborhood, which may not be a lot for some, but for a nose tackle, that's pretty goddamn good for two no, years. very good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Next to Aaron Donald, that's pretty good. So oh, keep an eye on a guy like that. Yeah, no, I like that. That's a good one as well. And uh, yeah, those are all good ones. And um, I'm curious to see, you know, another one I would say it's uh, to watch is uh, Ashawn Robinson, who I've, uh, Ashawn Robinson has always had a soft spot in my heart because he was one of the guys I scouted for Scouting Academy when I did that. Uh, so, and I was like, oh, I think he's much better than the NFL thinks. And then Good he else. ended up like breaking out right after that. And I was like, oh, wow. So I am doing how this. Is, right. How old is Deshaun now? I think he's 29. Yeah. Jeez. He'll be 29 this year. Yeah. Well, he's so, looked 29 for 15 years now. I know, like, right? He's just like been around. Yeah. But he played quite a bit in Los Angeles under yeah. Raheem, I think. Um, so Deshaun definitely went to look at to bolster that are, interior group. Are there, are there any Rams guys that you feel. Falcons fans need to be mindful of going into free agency because there's a few names that I that come to mind. Um, but are there any names that you that you feel they should be aware of that may be free agent targets? Yeah, let's see. I think it was like I know I was looking a little bit at like um, who was it? Um, Demarcus Robinson at wide receiver. If they're looking for like a, a reliable veteran that knows the scheme, yep. I think he could yep. be someone that makes yep. sense for sure. 
um, you know, uh, somebody like that. Uh, other guys, I mean, Akello Willispoon is one in my oh, opinion. Yeah, the he, corner. he just yeah. he just I had a career. For them. Yeah, he just had a career year under Morris. His best season as a corner. Um, he's an unrestricted free agent. Yep. I um I think he's probably he could cost in the neighborhood of maybe eleven twelve per, which is probably what you're going to give Okuda if you were to re-sign him. So you're at the very least you're getting a guy that's that's familiar with the system already that knows what to do. Um, yeah. Jordan Fuller, uh, Jordan Fuller is another guy that comes to mind okay. as well. Yeah, 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 I know the, yeah. No, I know the chat was bringing up um, another safety in Taylor Rapp, who not currently a Ram, obviously, but a former Ram that's a free agent. Yep. So yep. that's another good one. Um, yep. The other spot we should definitely talk about before we sign off is, is wide receiver because that's other than Drake London, the Falcons have nobody else other than futures guys under contract right now at wide receiver. Uh, right. Scotty Miller, Van Jefferson, Matt Collins, Daryl Hodge, they're all unrestricted free agents. Um, I certainly wouldn't be opposed to bringing back Daryl Hodge. I think he's a good special teamer. Since they're keeping Marquise Williams, I, I think they're probably bringing back Hodge. And I have mm-hmm. no problem with that. I think he's a good depth receiver. He's he's been mm-hmm. solid every time. They they mm-hmm. do still have Josh Ali under contract. Um, you know, I wonder if they'll be more interested in keeping Van Jefferson around, considering the scheme might be a bit fit for him now. Probably um, so, yeah, yeah. But yeah, in terms of the other guys, I don't know. But I do think that's going to be one of their primary draft targets, possibly two yes. or more draft picks, like yeah. going yeah. towards wide receiver. Um, and this is a great wide receiver class. You can get good players all the way into like the fifth, sixth round. Like this is a great wide receiver class. It's it's arguably the best group in the class. Um, I, I, I would not be surprised and fans shouldn't be surprised as well. If they double dip this off season at receiver, they bring a guy in free agency and bring a guy in the draft. And as you mentioned, they very well could possibly take two receivers in the draft. We'll see how it shakes out. Um, The one thing I will say though, when it comes to looking at certain receivers, Keep, keep an eye on receivers that have plenty of experience in motion offenses because this is going to be a motion-heavy scheme going forward. Also, keep an eye on guys that are truly crisp as route runners, okay? Yeah. Don't, don't get fixated on the guys that ran two routes in college and put up amazing numbers off that. Don't get the same thing in free agency. Like, I, I saw people toss out hypothetically a guy like Gabe Davis as a possibility. And I'm like, it's not really Gabe, style. Yeah. Gabe ran two routes in Buffalo and he still didn't have a thousand yard season under Josh Allen in four years, which kind of sort of it rubbed me the wrong way. Like there's no reason why you shouldn't have a thousand yards in that offense, but yeah. um, focus on that. So guys that are crisp route runners, guys that have plenty of experience in motion and one name that comes to mind, Jalen Polk out of Washington is one yep. guy. Yep that um, fits that um, Puka Nakua type role, that Puka Nakua type skill set, a guy that has plenty of experience both at slot, at Z, um, has plenty of motion uh, ability as well, very good as a route runner, not really the, the speediest of guys, but to be quite honest with you, Speed is not necessarily something predicated in the Rams' offensive scheme because if you look at – Cooper Cup is not known for his speed. Neither is Puka. Um, right. They got um, I'm blanking out on his name. the The third guy, uh, the, the little guy, Tutu. Tutu. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. They got him to add the speed. Yeah. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, I, I think they want separators. They don't necessarily yeah. care if you have 
blazing speed they need you to yes. be able to separate um yes yes and that you know and you can separate with your out running you can separate with deep speed you can separate with after the catch you know all that stuff but the separation is what the rams care about they don't necessarily demand yeah. that you have elite deep speed or something yeah. like that so yeah. that's definitely yeah. Just looking back at the history of what they had under Sean McVay, again, you had a guy like Cooper Cup. Um, you had Puka who hit the scene this year again. Puka was not coming out of BYU. Puka was not known for his speed. He was known for his his polish as a route runner. He was known for his blocking ability. Um, remember, he had a guy like Robert Woods at one point in time who was putting up career numbers. Brandon Cooks as well, another guy that was putting up good numbers. So these are guys that are not necessarily known for 4-3 blazing speed. You blink, they're gone. These are guys that are, are, are craftsmen as a wide receiver. So just just keep that in mind going forward. Yeah. And this is a this is a great class for that. We're going to see a number of, you know, a guy like Ricky Pearsall, I think is someone who's definitely going to be on their their radar a lot more now after his week at the Senior Bowl. Uh, you know, Roman Wilson had a great week. Uh, Jamari Thrash Roman, had a great Roman week. Roman Wilson, man. Roman he's Wilson. He's a second round pick now probably. Yeah. No. Man. I think he's going to be a second round. He's going to run like four three two at the combine and it's going to I would yeah. love to see Roman in this offense. Oh yeah. Yeah. Roman is going to be a tough cover, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I know some some fans some fans may kind of sort of you know blink a couple times when I say this, but that guy uh, Lad McConkey, that's a that's a name that I wouldn't necessarily brush under the rug. No, um, I think he can definitely be what they look for as a route runner. Now whether. Whether we've seen the best of Lad at this point and he's able to develop at the NFL level, that remains to be seen. But given what they look for, given what they like a receiver, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Lad is in that conversation. Luke McCaffrey as well, of yes, Rice. I liked him. Mm-hmm. Made some plays at the Senior Bowl. You throw on his tape. Now, I'm not saying that he's going to beat this guy, but goddamn, he looks like Cooper Cup. I swear. That's what I'm saying. He's like, people think he's like, yes. Like, I was like, I was like, okay, who the heck is this guy? Is is he related yeah. to Christian McCaffrey? Okay, yes, he is related to Christian McCaffrey. Right. But like, he's like 6'2", over 200 pounds. Yeah. Like, where, have they, where have they been hiding this man? Like, I'm like, dude, he looks just like Cooper Cup. Yeah. And it's like, it's literally because he played quarterback on his entire career. He's only played wide receiver for like two years. So he, he only mm. knows a handful of routes. He yeah, runs them really yeah. well, the ones he does yeah. know. Um, and he was primarily out of the slot at Rice, yeah. and he, he did his like, damage to the field. But he's 6'2", 206, so he doesn't have to play yeah. slot forever. So I, yeah, I right. took him in my in my mock I did last week, I took him in the fifth round uh, as their second receiver pick. Okay. So um, I, I got I, I had them taking Roman. Yeah, you you would like you would have liked it. I had them taking Roman on day two and then Luke McCaffrey in, and then Luke? in the fifth round. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> We get really Ooh. spicy with those. Yeah, I know you would, you would like that one. Yeah. Oh, man. It was Jared oh, versus at eight. Uh, Tyler Newbin in the second round. Oh, let's Roman get the work. Third. Yeah. Oh, let's work. Kyrie Jackson. Let's, fourth let's round work. Pick. Uh, yeah. Let's work. I was I was really cooking with that one. That one fell, that one fell really well. But uh, no, I think Roman, unfortunately, is probably going to be a, a second round pick after the combine. Perhaps. But yeah. So. But, uh, you know. But, We'll see. And we might have to, you know, we'll see if we get that second, second round pick from Calvin Ridley, then, you know, we're going to have a lot of options uh, in the draft because then we might be able to trade for fields and still get a second round wide receiver. And that would be huge. So, um, but uh, Eric, 
Great show, great talk today about all of these offseason priorities. Of course, there are more positions they still need. You know, we talked a little bit about the interior. They still need to do more there. Um, yeah. You know, that obviously offensive line depth, particularly like developmental tackle, I think is important, but not yes. a critical one. And then who's starting opposite AJ Terrell? That's a big question, but, uh, and, yes. and safety. But, you know, it's, you can't cover all that in one show, but I think we, we right. tackled the biggest ones, which are quarterback, edge, yep. wide receiver, uh, the, yep. big, the big three. And I think yep. we, we put some good options out there. So, uh, guys, really appreciate everyone for hanging out with us tonight. Before we take off, of course, want to thank Eric Robinson for stopping by. He's at underscore Eric underscore Robinson. Eric, anything else you'd like to plug before we sign off tonight? As always, man, I'm plugging the Falcoholic, man. That's the one-stop shop for everything Atlanta Falcons. Um, I know Kevin is grinding away with, with tapes um, and putting getting ready to put together a multitude of scout reports. Um, so go ahead and check that out, man. Falcoholic.com. That's the place to be. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And I, I missed a final donation from George saying that uh, he's reminding everyone that he's been very wrong about uh, a lot of his predictions. So don't take his word as fact. Uh, he, he said he whiffed big on Evan Neal. Well, you're not the only one. Don't, don't mm. worry about that. A lot uh, of people. <laughs> a, lot, a, lot, a lot of people whiffed on Evan Neal. <laughs> don't take yeah. it personally. Uh, yeah. But yeah, appreciate you, George. And guys, thank you all so much for joining us tonight. Thanks to Ben Online for sponsoring the show. Um, oh yeah, we got one more from Brandon coming in. He said, uh, he said, I, I've seen that Fields' asking price be a second and a fourth all the way up to our first round pick. What would be your max offer for Fields before you said too much? I would offer the second and a fourth. And I would probably try to get that fourth to be a future fourth, but they had to have it this year. Okay. I don't think they're getting a first. They're not getting a first. They may, I don't think they they're going to do it. They may want a first, but they're I'm not sure going to get a first. they want a first. Yeah. No, like, if, if they think they can get a first for Fields, why would they trade him? If they think we, he's that good, like, then why we, would they trade when him? We, yeah. when we say this every year. Teams' initial asking price is not always met. Just because yeah. a team says we want a first in return does not mean that's what they're going to get. Yeah. So they may want a first, but I guarantee you right now, if I had to put my money on it, they're not getting a first for, for Fields. It's going to be a second and some other pick. And Maybe the, what the pick. other pick is, is probably going to determine who gets him. I don't know. Yes. Uh, but the Falcons do have an advantage in that they have an early second. So that does help. Um, yep. And, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. But yeah, that yep. that's my guess in terms of what the, what the ending price will be. But right. yeah, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, please like, subscribe if you haven't done so already. Leave us that five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. Check out the uh, channel memberships and the Patreon if you're interested in getting those exclusive perks. And, of course, thank you all so much for joining us here on the Falcoholic Live. We'll have another episode coming out soon going over the cap situation. Uh, that'll be my next topic, so it'll either come out late this week or early next week, so keep an eye out for that one. And, of course, keep your eyes on ESPN. Maybe you'll get a glimpse of, of Eric in the background on one of these shots. You know, he's in the booth. You know, how, can you get down to that truck that they do, you know, for stump the truck? You know, you, you got to get down to the like the, where they where they have all the clips that they're doing for the draft show. You know, <laughs> uh, that I, mean, that I, mean, in there. I know guys yeah. that are in there, okay. but I mean, yeah. I mean to get in there. Yeah, but, go in there uh, and see the command center. That's that seems very yes. cool. But, yeah. <laughs> Look, man, I'm going to do whatever it takes to not be on camera. OK, that's not yeah, what yeah. they do. So yep. <laughs> if you're on camera, something has gone terribly wrong. But, <laughs> right. You know, right. Yeah. yeah. The, the, but the but if you've got the experience camera. of the hosting, so you could jump in at a moment's notice, <laughs> you know, you, you could jump in if needed. So, um, but guys, uh, appreciate Eric for coming on. Appreciate you guys. I'm Kevin. I have alcoholic Kevin. We will talk to you guys next time on the Falcoholic live and 30 birds of Bruce podcast until then guys have a great night. Thank you so much.